welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen. Into wait, 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 wait. Yes. We had this. This must be uh, addressed here. My mustache your, must uh, be your, addressed. Your, your lip caterpillar. Yeah. Uh, elephant in the room. For those of you not in the Get Around Podcast studio, uh, I, I I think James is more than justified in stopping the beginning of the show. Uh, I, your your host, Brendan Queeley, over the weekend shaved my beard off. Uh, I've had some sort of facial hair, at least on my chin, since I was a junior in high school. So my, my chin was very, very cold. Uh, but... Yeah, I went to a Halloween party this weekend, and I dressed up as my fictional hero, Ted Lasso. Uh, for those who have not seen the incredible show on uh, Apple TV+, Plus, get Apple TV+, Plus just for that. I mean, you won't regret it. It's awesome. But yeah, I, I decided to, uh, to go as Ted Lasso. And, and I will say this, I killed it. Like, I absolutely nailed it. I had everything down from, I had the hat, the sunglasses, the whistle. I had actual AFC Richmond gear that I bought, like legitimate Ted Lasso certified merchandise. Um, but yeah, while I, was, while I was shaving, it was, it, was a, like, it was a weird experience. Like, James, I'm sure you've kind of had that before, right, where you've shaved off the beard. Mm-hmm. Andrew, I did it, I did I it by know. accident one time. Andrew, can you can you grow facial hair? I just shave it before I even try. <laughs> <laughs> like I've tried so hard, and every every time I do it, it just looks really disgusting. And I'm like, no, it's it's gone. And yeah, I felt like once I once I but, shaved and I just had the mustache, I was like, I you know, until I got into the Ted Lasso, Lasso costume, I felt like Chris Hansen was going to ask me to take a seat. <laughs> For anyone who doesn't get that Dateline joke. Dateline to catch a a predator. It's a quality one. Uh, It was, yeah. There were. It it just. It. It looks weird. I. I hate it. I like how I look as Ted Lasso, and I think I like. I said I nail that. But other than that, I am so glad that I still wear a mask to go into the store. Or uh, I went and saw Dune yesterday, and definitely had my mask on. And then once we got into the dark theater, I was like, okay, I can. I can I can take the mask off, but yeah, it it looks weird, right? Do you guys think I look weird? Yeah, yeah it look it's, good. it's a little bit like when Aaron Rodgers came out and had that mustache for a little <laughs> while, and I was like, man, why are you why Aaron are you, Rodgers? Yeah, I mean, why you I'm not that, a, I'm not an Aaron Rodgers fan, but I'm like, mm, you look a lot better without it. The great thing is, and is, he did look he looked a little Chris Hansen ish. I had a friend that always wanted with, to grow uh, a mustache. I had a friend that always wanted to grow a mustache, and he didn't do it in college. But as soon as he graduated, he became a truck a truck driver, and that's when the mustache came. Yeah, I just I feel like they like the just mustache is it's a rare thing now, and I feel like anytime I see someone who I mean I'm in my mid thirties with with like just a mustache, and I feel like I'm a young looking guy in his mid-30s? Do I look young for my mid-30s? Late-30s, actually. Late-30s in a couple of weeks. You're getting a little bit of salt in that uh, stubble. Oh, dude. There is so much gray in, in the chin and and then it, into the chest hair, and it, I'm even getting a gray streak in in the hair on the top of my head, which is... Uh, yeah, it's that. It's just kind of sigh-inducing, <laughs> I guess is the best way to put it. 
but no, it was Is really it cool. Gangnam style? What? It was second? No, yes. not that kind of style. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Are you? Are you actually pulling that reference because it was, I think, because it was brought up on SNL? I believe it was like a one. Sudeikis. I think it was yeah. like a one line. It was in, there. in in the uh, in the cold open. It was the Jason Sudeikis version of Joe Biden. Oh Biden, yeah, he was the old eight years ago. Yeah. Biden brings up. He's like that song. That song's still cool, right? Yeah, uh, but. Yes, yeah, so I went to the Halloween party dressed up as Ted Lasso. It was awesome. For those who have seen the show, I had an incredible Ted Lasso moment. There's a big, in the first season, he plays a game of darts in a bar, and we had a dart game going um, just on a whim. I was at someone's house. They had a dart board up, and we were playing. We were playing cricket, and on my first two throws, I hit the bullseye in the red and the bullseye in the green, and then I actually hit the shot uh to win it, to win the whole thing, it was a very, very Ted Lasso moment. And two of you aren't even paying attention or listening or caring what I'm saying because <laughs> you guys, neither of you have seen it. But for me, no. it was such, it was a really, it was really cool to be playing darts dressed as Ted Lasso and then to win a dart game dressed as Ted Lasso. It rocked. Uh, are you guys doing anything for, for Halloween? Let's see, I carved a pumpkin with a dog taking a hoop. Okay. Did you saw so that? that was but... a dog? I thought it was going to be a dinosaur. No, it was a dog. <laughs> <laughs> it, seriously, Cena and I saw that on Facebook, and I'm like, why, why is that a dinosaur taking a poop? No, it's <laughs> so I got the poop part. Poop part came through great. All right. <laughs> I, I'm usually like always the person that, like, I want people to ask questions or think that's the most ridiculous thing they've ever seen when they see the pumpkin I carved. So that's what I did. I don't have a costume, though. No. James, are you doing anything? Uh, my wife and I are going down to uh, Ann Arbor and Detroit for the weekend. Um, I've got to do a semi-workish thing where I, the Michigan Wrestling Association is doing like their awards thing or whatever, and like they voted me the media person of the year. Oh, that's the, exciting! For the state. Congratulations! So I got to go down man. here and get a, a plaque or something, and then, that's really cool. And then we're just staying on there for a couple of days. So I'm taking Monday and Tuesday off because we're going to the Pistons Bucks game. Sweet. Very nice. So, it's my wife's birthday while we're down there, so she's from Wisconsin, so she gets to see the Bucks. Good deal. Get to watch Giannis. Good deal. All right, well, welcome into the Get Around Podcast. We are uh, five-plus minutes into the episode, but uh, this is, yeah, episode 193, 194. Where are we at? I think 194. Of the Get Around Podcast. So again, getting close to that uh, two zero zero. We of course are sponsored by Jimmy John's with two locations in Traverse City. Freaky fresh, freaky fast. Jimmy freaky John's. Yeah. Uh, it was oh, too early. You jumped in. It's too jumped. early. It's too early. You jumped the gun, James. But that's all right. You'll have another chance. I was distracted looking up. It is one ninety four. You will have a. You'll have another chance coming up later. I'm sure we'll do that. So yeah, episode 194 of the Get Around Podcast, Get Around Film Study, two episodes in, if you haven't checked it out yet, Harrison Beebe and I, Harrison Beebe of course of 7 and 4 uh, sports director fame, have discussed The Sandlot and Remember the Titans, uh, both quality episodes, give them, give them a listen. Those will come out bi-weekly, so every two weeks we'll have one of those, uh, and of course the Get Around original version, Extra Crispy. Uh, we'll be out every week, or at least uh, every week that we're able to do it. We we try to we try to do it every week. Um, but so this show is it's a big one because not only do I have a mustache now, but we also have playoff teams 
in the area, which uh, which are big. So uh, I, I wanted to get into that. Andrew, you covered yesterday the the release. James also was uh, was tweeting them out. Uh, just run down some of the matchups for me real quick, and then I want to get into a discussion. And I was surprised I got a little hate for that. You got hate from who? I had multiple coaches <laughs> message me on Twitter and are like, why are you releasing these ahead of the show and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, I'm just saying what the projections are on Snooze. And, like, that's what the thread said. Yeah. I think maybe the whole thread didn't get didn't go out but I because I did one of those add a tweet add a tweet for a second I thought you were being like Traverse City Woj and like having insider knowledge on the playoff project playoff matchup because I didn't no, I, I didn't see that yeah I just went through from snooze and I said here's the what snooze's projections are for uh playoffs and stuff like that. and they were pretty accurate see, snooze was pretty accurate right pretty right on yeah for most of the Traverse City region yeah I we, think I think Kingsley was maybe the only school that was wrong you didn't have them going to Kingsford no playing Kingsford do you remember when we had snooze on the show? Yeah, we had snooze on the pod. Uh, yeah. That was weird. That was a he was a weird guest because uh, we weren't able to use his actual name, right? I and think, then and then he had I think a, we did. And then he had a real it was issue. Like Mike or something. Yeah. He had a real issue with us asking him to like bump the podcast on his Twitter feed. We were like, hey man, if you could post the podcast and you know. Yeah, promote the episode promote that you're on. Yeah, he's like, man, I'm not really comfortable. And I was like, oh, all right, man, thanks. I guess you are never coming back on this show again. <laughs> but anyways, West is taking a road trip to Granville. That was pretty well known. They've played them last couple times they were in the playoffs, I think. And that district is going to include Rockford and Grand Ledge. Rockford, I think, the top seed overall in Division One. Um, number one, number one ranked in the poll. Yeah, that's going to be tough, no doubt about it. Central is hosting four and four, or no, four and, or five and four, or four and four second heritage. You should know this before. <laughs> <laughs> four and five. Central is hosting four and five second heritage uh, at Thoroughly Friday at seven. Uh, St. Francis is also in the playoffs. They're going to be playing on Saturday. Other side of that bracket is going to be Future Saginaw Valley League teams. Uh, it's an all Saginaw Valley League conference at this point. Yeah, district, yeah. <laughs> D- district at this point. Uh, Bay City Western and Midland Down. That is going to be a really, really, really brutal. Or like, I don't, I don't, you don't want to say brutal. Um, really, really difficult district for anyone to emerge from. Pretty much every team in that is ranked. I mean, you have Forest Hill Central, Caledonia on the other side. So that should be cool. Cadillac got a really favorable draw. You know, they a lot of projections had them at number two in a different district playing uh, Forest Hills Eastern. Instead, they get number one with hosting Fruitport. Um, that's the team they beat earlier this season on the road. On the other side, it's Whitehall and Sparta, both Friday at seven games. In the Division Five district, Kingsley is going to be hosting Kingsford. Um, don't really know much about the Fivers because or Flivers? Flivers. Yeah, don't really know much about the Flivers because they played a lot of teams from Wisconsin. Um, only team they lost to, or the only Michigan team they lost to was Menominee. Dun, 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 dun. It was always usually pretty good. Yeah. Um, did, did you guys not do that whenever you hear Menominee? Oh, yeah. Every <laughs> single time someone says Menominee, I go, bum, bum, actually, Menominee. Actually, they bum, beat. Bum, bum. They beat Menominee. Oh, they, they lost did? to Marquette. Oh. And yeah. two teams from Wisconsin. 
only two teams, only team from Michigan they lost to was uh, Marquette, which has been pretty good this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Austin Renault, they've scored the most points in program history. Um, there's going to be a rematch from the Gladwin Claire game in round one of the playoffs. Gladwin obviously beat Claire for the first time since 1981. Glen Lake has taken a trip to Standish Sterling. They barely got in the playoffs after uh, their win over Mantelona last Friday. I think they were last in. There's going to be a rematch of the Boyne City Grayling game from last year's uh, district final. Um, instead of being at Boyne City this year, it's at Grayling. Um, Friday at 7 matchup. Manatee's taking a trip to Reed City. Reed's are really, really good. Uh, always has been. East Jordan is taking a trip over the bridge after being the number 32 seed in Division 7 to Ishemping Westwood. No, you got it wrong. In the <laughs> We recorded the, the student-athlete interview with uh, Granger Kitson and Carter Sherman, both of East Jordan, earlier. Uh, yeah, Andrew got it wrong then. And I still got it wrong. And he got it wrong here. And he tried. He was like, guys, I got it. I'm ready. I'm going to say it. Ishemping. Nope. <laughs> nope. Ishpeming. Uh, East Jordan taking a trip to Ishpeming Westwood. There we go. Nailed it. Ishpeming Westwood. The Patriots. They've allowed less than 10 points in seven of their wins this season. Maine Salona and Charlevoix are playing again. Um, Charlevoix hosting that game Friday at 7. Uh, Charlevoix beat Mansalona earlier week 8. Harrison's going to Traverse City St. Francis. Frankfurt is going to go to Iron Mountain Saturday at noon. Um, it's actually 1 o'clock Central Time, but hey. Misik is going to have a rematch with Sutton's Bay Friday at 7. They actually played Saturday, and Sutton's Bay won that game. Uh, Gaylord St. Mary, last spot in D2, uh, 8-man D2. They're going to go take a trip to Marion Friday at 7. Only loss this year for Marion was Sutton's Bay. So let's get into this. Let's dive a little bit deeper. James, you got a surprise team that could make a long run here? Uh, as Andrew was going through that, there was one school that popped out to me where I was like, you know what, they might make some noise, and I was thinking that could be Grayling. I could totally see that. Grayling popped into the top ten in the rankings this week. I, th- I could see them making a run. They did it last year. I could also see Cadillac. Cadillac had a... I think a very favorable draw. I mean, a, a doable draw. You know, they, they, they beat Fruitport already this season, so they got them in the first round at home. They'll get the winner of Whitehall and Sparta in the in the second round. Though that'll be at home as well. And you know, then they're going to have probably Hudsonville Unity Christian, which would be on the road. But they pretty much did the same thing last year when they upset the number one team in the state on the road in the semifinals. So but that's Edwardsburg, right? Yeah. Yeah, they went down to Edwardsburg, which was a heck of a long trip. Hudsonville Unity Christian won't be as long of a trip for them, and uh, so I, I think that's that's doable. You know, is, is Cadillac any worse than they were last year? I don't think so. They made it to the finals last year. You know, that same thing with Grayling and Boyne City. You know, those two those two teams are ones that I could see whoever wins that game making a nice little run. Um, and then we have like the four or five other teams of ours that are that we're pretty sure are going to make long, long runs. Andrew, who's a lock to make a long run? Sutton's Bay. You know, you just look at what that, how that program works as a co- as a co-op. You know, they don't treat it as oh, we're like Lake Lost St. Mary kids on this team, and oh, Sutton's Bay on the other team. There's these guys have known each other for quite a while. They've been playing football for, with each other for quite a while, and they're pretty darn good athletes. 
Um, we've seen what Dylan Bramer and D- Dylan Barnowski and Sean Bramer can do in the basketball court, and I've personally seen them what they can do on the football field, and they've pretty much shut out almost every opponent they've played outside of even Marion, which was supposedly one of their toughest tests. The only team that really scored on them was Misik the other day on Saturday, and then that game was pretty much over at the halftime as well. So, I mean, I, I have to give it to Sutton's Bay. You know, they just have proven in the last two years they can make it to Superior Dome and down in wherever that final Bright, was. Brighton last right. year. I, I, oh God, I hope it's not there again. I think everybody pretty much hopes it's not, not in Brighton again. So, um, Yeah, that second-round game of theirs, if they get by Misik, you know, which I think they probably should. I mean, they handled them last week uh, against probably inner, Inland Lakes, although Inland Lakes even has a tough game against Rogers City. Um, that's going to be a good game there in the, for the regional final. And then, oh yeah, Inland Lakes just finished off an undefeated season. Mm-hmm. Rogers City is eight and the powerhouse one. Last couple of years, you know, project there. I kind of feel, I, I feel, I feel like this is a favorable draw for Sutton's Bay because initial projections had him playing, like hosting Pickford, which would not have been fun. Yeah, and then Pickford went and lost. Yeah. this week, uh, that other re- other half of that region has Rudyard, Munising, Newberry, and Pickford, which are all all seven and two. So they're all teams that have lost twice already. Um, so at, so I think that's kind of kind of just be a big battle, and whoever comes out of that district or regional could just be kind of beat up by the time they get to to Sutton's Bay. So yeah, I think the the lane is not clear, but the passing lane is open for Sutton's Bay to to make that trip. Man, I look at I look at the rankings. There is what eight eight man teams that are all undefeated between Division One and Two. Yeah, there's quite a few. Yeah, like the top ten, they only do the AP only does one rankings, one top ten for both divisions, and yeah, pretty much the entire top ten is undefeated. I want to talk about two Traverse City teams, Central and Saint Francis. James, you saw Saint Francis play. Kingsley in a whale of a game uh, last Friday. The Gladiators have always been the real deal. Is there something different about that team this year that makes you believe they'll be at uh, at Ford Field? Yeah, I mean they were able to withstand losing, you know, Joey Donahue going into that game, and he's probably done for the season um, with a torn meniscus. Um, I believe he's going to have surgery this week. Um, the beginning of that game, their kicker pulls a hamstring or something like that so they have to use a backup kicker to kick the rest of the game they went for two the first couple times and then in the second half they started kicking extra points and jack pritchard was nailing the, the extra points um you know they lost drew hardy during that game kingsley had all the emotion in that game because of the situation with trina Schuler passing away and and was at home and with all of that stuff st francis despite facing a 16 to nothing deficit in that game, came yeah, back I, and won that game. I thought you and I were going to have to eat some crow uh, early on watching watching the score because I had asked you the question of if that game was going to be a blowout, who was the blowout going to be in favor of? And you and I both pretty quickly agreed that it would be St. Francis would be on the, on the right end uh, of the blowout. And so it's 16 nothing. I'm going, I'm like, all right, well, I guess James and I are going to have to talk about how wrong we were on Monday during the podcast. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that the reason that we were talking about why it could be it would be them if if one of the other blew out the other team was kind of the reason why the game turned around is that St. Francis was able to throw the ball. You know, they had uh, you know Kingsley 
Kingsley was going down to score, uh, got a, a holding penalty that that backed him up. They had like a you know long like 15 yards to go, third and 15 or something. They had to throw the ball, and St. Francis got an interception. Next play, 80 yard touchdown pass, and that turned the momentum completely in that game. I mean, St. Francis or Kingsley was about to go in and go ahead two scores again, go up like 24 to 8, essentially. And that run that got called back by the hold was to the half-yard line. Now they get back to third and 15 at like the 30-yard line. And quick slant and Gabe Olivier's dropping, dropping back into coverage, and I don't think they expected that. And he just, the ball was right to him. Does Kingsley have a good shot at Ford Field as well? Absolutely. I, I think so. It's interesting that just a couple years ago, these teams, I think it was four years ago, these teams played each other in the playoffs in Division Six. Now St. Francis is in seven, Kingsley's in five. So they're two divisions separated from each other now. But a couple years ago, they just played each other in, in Division Six. Um, Kingsley is going to have to actually go on the road in the second round if Gladwin beats Claire. But I think that's a game that they can pull out. Um, it's not a ridiculously long trip or anything to Gladwin or Claire from, from Kingsley. Um, they're going to have to win that King versus King game. That's going to be confusing as heck to write about. Andrew, your thoughts on Central? Even though they saw Brother Rice, it's going to be an entirely different story in the playoffs. Their district is loaded. They have Dow, who just jumped in the polls this week. Bay City Western, I think they're hovering around number 10. Caledonia, they're route number 4. Mona Shores, they're number 6. And I'm going to make a bold prediction here saying Central's going to host the quarterfinal if they advance to the quarterfinal. I think either Forest Hill Central or Mona Shores, one of the two is going to upset Caledonia. And because Caledonia almost lost Hudsonville last week on basically a fourth quarter interception. So had that matchup gone the other other way, who knows how that would have affected playoff points. But I think it's going to be Mona Shores. Central Thurlby Field, which will be pretty awesome if that happens again for for another year. You know, the Sailors ended the Trojan season last year in the semifinals. So who knows if it's what you're going to get out of South Lyon. I think they're going to be the team out of, to come out of the other region. Their season ended last year on, um, they had to forfeit to North Farmington on uh, because of COVID cases, and then obviously Central plays North Farmington in the quarterfinals. So I think it's going to be a Good one, good bracket for sure in Division Two, and then you can pretty much pencil in Warren De La Salle for <laughs> the other team because of what's happened the last couple of years. Yeah, I see Central. I see him winning a state championship. I think they're that good. I think they're that talented. I, I think they've got all of the confidence in the world right now. It seems like, I mean, literally, it seems like they have all of the confidence necessary to make a really deep run. They seem so put together. They, I mean, it it doesn't seem like anything gets to that team, and yet they're able to do all the right things to get to the opposition. I think the Brother Rice win was huge and pretty much proves that point. You know, you can contend with the Detroit Catholic teams. You can contend with the top teams in division, in downstate. They were right up there with DeWitt, who's probably the best football team across divisions in Michigan this year. So 
James, any mm-hmm. anything to add on that? Well, it, it, Central's played with a chip on their shoulder all season. You know, they lost that first game to DeWitt, and that's what I think a lot of people from downstate remember. They don't, they didn't take anything else into consideration. You know, we we saw the players tweeting about how uh, a newspaper downstate had said that they were overrated and that Brother Rice was going to win this game. You know, two weeks ago, and then and then and the then student just, section was cheering overrated by the end of that game. Yeah, and then they just destroyed them. And then they just destroyed North Farmington last week. Um, you know, McCabe from the Detroit Free Press like covered that game in person and then moved them, immediately moved TC Central up to number two in his rankings. Central moved up to number three in the state AP poll rankings this week. So I think they're starting to get that, that uh, reputation back, you know, that maybe some of the school's or some of the downstate media people saw when they played DeWitt. And, uh, I mean, it's also that DeWitt is a really, really good team. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, so I, I think they've been playing with that chip on their shoulder all year. They're going to they're gonna keep doing it. But I think I would not be surprised whatsoever to see TC Central playing Warren De La Salle no. at Ford Field. Any other surprises? I think we're going to see Cadillac cuts of Unity. That's a matchup I'm looking forward to. I think they're going to come out of that district pretty easily. Um, whether or not they beat Unity and probably Edwardsburg on the other side of that region on the road, who knows. But, look, we didn't think the Vikings had a chance when they went down to Edwardsburg last year. You look at what they've done the last three years, and they just said, forget that. Let's win a football game. And then they ended up in Ford Field. Yeah, I, like I said, like you said, you know, if Grayling wins that game with Boyne, I think whoever wins that game between Grayling and Boyne, could very well see itself winning a regional championship. You've got Standish Sterling on the other half of that district, um, which is a good team. Certainly they'll host whoever, no matter who wins that game between Boyne and Grayling. But I think that's a, a, a road that, that they could handle. And then you're looking at Nagani coming out of that other district opposite them. Grayling beat Nagani last year in the playoffs, and it, and it wasn't particularly close. So I, I think that's another one that you could see. Who gets more rushing yards in that Grayling Boyne game, Milliken or Hoth? That's a good one. You've got two incredibly talented running backs in David Milliken, who can put up 230 yards on you, and Bobby Hoth, who can put up 230 yards on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Boyne graduates a lot of size on its offensive line. I think I'm going to give Grayling the slight advantage there. Um, Dylan Craig just. Dylan Craig and Milliken just went down to Northwood for a weekend for college games, so I think that duo is really, really strong and does things in D6 that not a lot of other teams do. Mm-hmm. And, and both of those teams have shown the ability to be able to change their game plan for their opponent. You know, Boynes had games where they've completely taken, where teams have just really concentrated on taking Bobby Hoth away. They've been able to, to change that scheme a little bit and start throwing the ball and have success with it. I mean, we saw them do that against Mancelona. And St. Francis. Yeah, they did it against St. Francis. Not as quite as successfully as they did against Mancelona, but they but they did it because even though Hoth had a good game against St. Francis, the, you didn't really notice it at the time because it seemed like he was only getting like three yards every time he carried the ball or whatever. But in the game, he had like close to 200. I think he had 199, right? Yeah. Milliken's the same way. I mean, he's you know a bulldozer. We all know how good he is. So that game could be like, 55 to 50 or something. 
How about the Northern Michigan Regional, essentially, in D7 with St. Francis being the top seed of that overall? You know, they're going to host three games if they win their first two. Um, do you think it's pretty – do you think the St. Francis is going to run away with this regional, or do you think any any team can knock on their door? I think that any team in this in that regional, in, in those two districts that form that regional, is going to be hard-pressed to beat St. Francis. Very hard pressed to beat St. Francis. I mean, they, you know, Harrison six and three. You've got Mann and Everett. Everett's a pretty solid team, but or McBain and Everett. Sorry, uh, Everett's a very solid team, but I just can't. After seeing St. Francis a bunch of times this season, I just can't see that game being within a couple of scores. Uh, you know, and then you maybe you have a shot at say Mancelone or Charlevoix. If they can, uh, if they can upset Ishpeming, upset Ishpeming. If Ishpeming, hey, you said it right. Look at, good job, Andrew. Last week he knew what odd numbers were, and this week he (laughs) finally learned how to say Ishpeming correctly. Yeah. So then you could have a rematch of St. Francis and Charlevoix in the playoffs again, and obviously I think St. Francis is favored in that. You know, we know that Charlevoix is a dangerous team, but I would say that St. Francis definitely would be the favorite in that game. You know, and then, then, you have then po- next round you're talking Poamo, Poamo, who's you know, number one in the state. That should lead us into our interview with East Jordan athletes Granger Kitson and Carter Sherman. Uh, we talked to him via FaceTime about an hour or so ago, and that was a pretty good interview. So I'll give you guys a listen to that now. Well, the get around is excited to welcome in East Jordan football players Granger Kitson. Hi. And Carter Sherman. Hi. The Red Devils are coming off a huge win over Frankfurt on Friday, and they got the 32nd seed in the Division 7 playoffs. They're off to play Ishpeming Westwood. Ishpeming. They're off to play Ishpeming Westwood on Friday. Or no, is that a Saturday game? I think. Well, you should know. I think it ended up being Saturday. Yeah. They're off to play Ishpeming Westwood on Saturday, um, and we thought we'd ask the boys a little bit about their season. So, Granger, I guess you could start off. How big was that one over uh, Frankfurt? That The win was huge. I mean, we knew it was going to be a tough game from the start. They were a good team, and they played us pretty tough the year before. But with it being our last home game, and with how our schedule worked, it also ended up being our homecoming. We were playing for a lot. And it was just a really it was a really special moment after the game to just have the fans on the field and miss Olszewski being able to give us the trophy because our football program just hasn't had success in a long time. Yeah, your, your coach, who's also your dad, is that right? Correct, that is correct. Uh, I talked to him Friday, and he said that that's a game that East Jordan doesn't win in the last couple of years, that it's this year that you guys learned how to win. Is that right? Would you would you agree with that? Yeah, I, I can definitely think of games in the past that are similar to that where we've lost. Our coach last year, Coach Krizel, said something to me today. He said it was different East Jordan football because – after Frankfurt scored, 
uh, you guys didn't walk off the field with your heads held low and you guys just looked like you could, you were ready to get back on offense and score on them, which was something that we haven't felt in the past years. Yeah, after they scored that touchdown, then you guys came back. Carter got the go-ahead touchdown there in the fourth quarter. That was a pretty big score. Yeah, how huge was that for you to respond like that? It was it was huge. It just felt like it was like they went down and scored, and we were just kind of like, well, we have to go back now. We have to answer. Like, we have no other option. We just had to go down the field and answer, and we did, and it, it was awesome. It felt great. Carter, I actually interviewed you after uh, you guys' football game against Gwynn last year, and, you know, Coach Kitson said, you know, hopefully that was the seed that was planted being in the playoffs last year. Do you think that playing against Gwynn last year kind of, like, taught, gave you guys momentum to do well this season? Oh, yeah, I think so. I think definitely. I mean, last year we have – we kind of had the same group last year as this year, and we already knew at the start of the year we knew we could be good. And when we went into this year, we just – kind of had that expectation that we were going to be good and we just played like it and it just kind of carried over from last year was it different to qualify for a playoff game that rather than just be going into one when all the teams in the state were in yeah definitely because I, I mean people definitely like thought oh they they're in the playoffs but they didn't they they didn't really earn it and this year we kind of just showed them like we deserve to be in the playoffs and we earned it this year and we deserve to be there conference title for the first time since the 80s that's got to be cool and <laughs> just just on its face you know what how did that feel it, it, it was great i mean i the students all ran on the field it felt like we did it i mean we didn't know if we would make playoffs at the time we just knew that if we won the game we would win the conference and it was just emotions from the coaches who've been in the program for a while it was it was a special moment special day can you take me through that fourth down play that stand in in the red zone right before you guys went and scored the game-winning touchdown they had been running all over us at that point so but it was it was a fourth and long play so we really weren't sure whether they were going to pass or run and i think xander xander made the play but so I think I think yeah, it was our was, linebacker Xander Jonachek who made the play, and he he had a really great year. His his play started the momentum for our offense. That was going to be my question. How necessary do you think it was to have that play to give you guys the drive to then go down and score that game-winning touchdown? Oh, it was like crucial. It was we just needed it, and I think everyone knew that. And once we got it, it was like, all right, this is this is our game. Like this is our time here we go, and I'm like, let's go. Did you ever doubt for a second that you were going to win? I think I, I felt that it was at the end of the half when our linebacker, Devin Olstrom, picked off a pass and returned it almost for a score, and that kept a four-point lead going into half. And right then and there, I was, I was just ready. I was ready for it to be the fourth quarter because I had a pretty good feeling as to how the game was going to finish. Was uh, Saturday a crazy day or like was Saturday like an emotional day, like waiting for the playoff point standings? Cause there was still like 13 games going on in the state. Yeah. I woke up and I went and talked to my dad and he said, right now we're in, but a lot can change still. And 
I had a pretty relaxed day until our homecoming dance, just checking the website, watching film from last night, just reliving the moments, looking at the pictures. But it was a it, w- it was a pretty exciting Sunday when we found out we were in. Did you guys have like a team meeting to watch the selection show? Yeah, we got some pizza and some snacks and watched it as a team. It was a good time. How much was it? How much was the Frankfurt game kind of like a playoff game for you guys? You, you pretty much came had to come into the game knowing that you needed to win this game to have any chance to get in, right? Yeah, I think honestly, since. Since that Harbor Springs game, it was just like we kind of just said, all right, like this is basically playoffs now because if we lose, like we're not going to make playoffs and we, we have to keep winning to keep going. And ever since like that game, it just has felt like like we're, we're, we're playing to like keep playing basically. And last, last the Frankfurt game was definitely the same thing because we all knew we had to like put it all on the line to win that game. What was that Harbor Springs game like? I mean, double overtime winning 22 to 14. I think that was the final score. Yeah. I remember after the game, I was talking to my dad and I said, it never really felt like we were going to win this game. It just felt like we weren't going to lose (laughs) because, uh, it was, it, I mean, we had a six nothing lead the entire game until a minute left in the game. And then over time they score and convert on their extra point to go up eight. And we don't score until the fourth down of our overtime on a pass. That was a great catch by our receiver. And from that point on, it was just all East Jordan and, we celebrated like it was a big win, but we knew we shouldn't have ever been in that situation because we needed to play better. But it really just felt like our team wasn't going to like let each other lose that game. How much, of, how much is this playoff run going to mean to, to you, your team, and, and to your dad, considering the, the news that hasn't gone wide just yet? <sighs> it's it's going to mean a lot. We knew that we wanted, we were going to be good and could do this. But when I think before we knew that we would get in, like from the start of the season, we knew that the point system wasn't going to help us out a ton. Because if it would just have been the past couple of years where three, three lost teams are in, we would have been in last week that would have been our playoff ceiling game but with the new playoff point system we knew we were going to have to win some big games like frankfurt but a playoff run would mean a lot to our school and the future of east jordan football really the town too for sure yeah how has the town rallied behind you guys have you felt that community (laughs) support oh my gosh it was crazy last game it was I don't think I've ever played in, I don't think the stadium's ever been that loud, especially like in that last, like the last minutes of the fourth quarter. It was, it was crazy loud. And it was, it just felt like the whole town kind of like got behind us and they definitely helped us get that win. Could you feel the ground shake when you, uh, when Carter, when he scored the touchdown? Oh, I, I don't, I couldn't even walk you through what I was feeling on the (laughs) sideline. 
I was right next to our JV coach, and I gave him a hug. I was, the game was far from over, but I was it was a lot of emotions. So, Carter, I was told by your dad that you, I should ask you about not playing football in seventh grade. Can you walk me through that? Oh, yeah. Um, when I started football, I never really, like, liked it. It was just never really my thing. And then I think as I got older, I just, like, I just grew to love it. And now, like, I remember after that game when we did the senior walk, it was just, like, so many emotions, and we were all crying, and it was just – it was definitely hard, and I, I just love football so much now, and I'm so glad I played, and I'm so glad I came back after that seventh grade year because I definitely missed it that year, and that was kind of like my turning point, and I was like, okay, I need to play. What happened? Like, why did you choose not to play? I just, I don't know. I just, after Pop, we, well, like, we have Pop Warner, and I always played Pop Warner, and I just, like, didn't really like it. It was just wasn't great. And then I think once it became, like, a school sport and it was, like, through the school and playing with your friends and it was just a lot different, a lot more fun. And, Granger, I heard last year you ran cross-country for a little bit. I did. It was quite the experience. I guess that's one way to put it. Because oh. your dad says that you ran cross country, and then when football restarted, you chose both. <laughs> yeah, I I had started my cross country season. I was doing pretty well, but the team really welcomed me in, and I just I felt like, you know, I had already committed to football, but this new commitment to this new team, I didn't want to break, and so I had to make both work. And some nights it was easier than others. And I had to really think about doing it again, but I chose to just stick with football. So would you like run run home from practices or something like that? <laughs> How would you get your training in and then still practice football? Oh, let's see. I would not really practice cross country <laughs> and just tell my coaches I did. And you can say that now. I can. <laughs> I mean, it's all in the I, past. I had a good cross-country season without practice, and it was they, – they, they didn't know I didn't practice, so we're going <laughs> to keep it at that. <laughs> well, how much ahead of the rest of the team did you know about that your dad is going to retire at the end of the season? Oh, I knew, I knew before the season started. There was – so we had a – we, we struggled to find coaches to start, like – Carter's dad wasn't originally going to coach, and we had to find two others. Our coaches, Coach Levanway and Coach Haka, weren't originally with us either. But my dad, before the season, was willing to give up his head coaching job just to get more coaches and just be an assistant coach because he knew the talent that this group had and how they just needed coaches to put it all together. And I think that's what these coaches have really done. So I, I knew right away, I knew from the start. Mm-hmm. Does that give the playoffs a, a different feel? I'm not sure. Um, I think it's, I, it's nice because my dad, when he was in high school, his senior year was the last conference championship in East Jordan. But his team went 8-1 and one and missed the playoffs because of the playoff points. So I think 
I think he's excited and instrumenting Westwood's going to be a challenge, but with the right game plan there, it's a, it's a winnable game. So. So you guys hosted a UP opponent last year with Gwen and you're going to the UP to play a team this year. Yeah. What, yeah. What's the bus ride going to be like? Yeah. What are your travel plans? How do you, how do you plan for that? Especially with it being a Saturday afternoon game, are you going the day before? I think some players are, but we don't really know yet. Um, I think a lot of us are not going to be happy about like getting up super early just cause like it's going to be such a long bus ride and we just want to be, we want to be as ready as we can. And it's going to be an early morning if we're leaving the day of. So we're hoping to maybe go down the day before, at least some people. Yeah. Cause that's like a four and a half hour drive. Yeah. From East Jordan, I mean, maybe even longer from Traverse City, but yeah. from East Jordan, yeah. it's four and a half and even hours. On a bus, too, I'm sure. You should get you should get get a GoFundMe going for the team to rent a charter bus, you know, so you guys can stretch well, out. I think we're working that. on that, but <laughs> I would love a charter bus. Yeah, we got to take one to Elma earlier this season, and that was a good time. When, which movie is playing if East Jordan's on a charter bus? Oh, let's see. We watched. No, we watched Remember the Titans. We watched Remember the Titans, and but I think really every good. football team watched that. Yeah. We watched Blindside, and then we watched Ant-Man, <laughs> because Ant-Man. that was the movie That was the movie my mom packed me, so. <laughs> Wait, did we watch well, who knows what we'll watch this time with it being a longer bus ride. Yeah, you'll have time to watch a couple. Yeah. Movies, possibly. Or Each way. A marathon. <laughs> All right, boys. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you coming on. Thanks for taking yeah, a little time before, uh, before practice today. Good luck. Uh, hopefully leaving on Friday, and good luck playing Saturday. Uh, we're definitely wishing you the best. We appreciate it. Thank you. Have a thank good you, one, guys. Yeah. Hey, thanks for coming on. Me too. Once again, a big thank you to Granger and Carter for joining us via FaceTime here in the Get Around Studio. Really appreciate it. Uh, as we said at the end, good luck to them, but also good luck to the rest of our area teams getting into playoff action uh, coming up this weekend. Uh, we are looking forward to covering that and hopefully covering a lot of teams moving far into the postseason. Uh, this show, as always, brought to you by Jimmy Johns. James, I'm going to give you another chance here. Just make sure you don't don't jump the gun. All right. Bring it. Two, two locations in Traverse City. Jimmy John spends six hours slicing and baking every day to make you a 30-second sandwich. Jimmy John's freaky fresh, freaky fast. Freak, yeah. Hit a baby. All right, let's get into the Get Around Hall of Fame and honor our Athlete of the Week. This is uh, a foregone conclusion, basically, but we're going to go through... The uh, rigmarole of it, anyway. Uh, I'll start. I'll start. I'm gonna put up uh, Reed Seabase from Traverse City Central. Uh, we talked about the Trojans uh, a lot in our playoff preview. They beat North Farmington 56 to nothing on Friday. Seabase had eight carries for 134 yards. He also had five touchdowns. Four of those rushing, uh, eight yards, ten yards. 75 yards and then a 17. He also got a 56-yard touchdown catch uh, that he took to the house in that win. So 
yeah, I, I just feel like a, a kid that puts up 190 yards of offense, close to 200 yards, and, and five touchdowns is at least worthy of a nomination. Andrew, you want to go with yours since uh, you happened to see this happen in person? Yeah, I happened to show up in the gym right as it happened. Crazy moment, first off. It's Emma Mirabelli became the 25th girl in Michigan to record 2,000 career kills. Only other to do that in the Traverse City area was from the town where she did it in Leland. Uh, Alicia Glass Childress, as her married name is now. Uh, Emma finished that tournament with 72 kills. Um, I think she she has probably 2,030 kills at this point. And it was a heck of a moment, if you want to read that prep roundup on uh, Sunday. Uh, basically, uh, Travis C. Christian Athletic Director Micah Gallegos made T-shirts and told everyone, wear these, but don't tell anyone about it. As soon as, as, soon as it happens, her coach, Caitlin Schaffron, jumps out on the court, and she rips open her jacket and says, 2,000 kills, and I'm just like, you're, you're kidding me. <laughs> she had no idea. She wasn't counting up until then. So they, they were blasting sirens. They stopped the whole tournament. Um, yeah, and it was against the comments, so Lori Glass was there, too, cheering her on. So, Yeah, pretty cool moment. And, and you got to love that, that kind of kismet of being there at Leland and, and doing that. Yeah, when you look at the other side of the gym with all the volleyball banners they have, I think it's like 15 or 16 of them. Brand new gym, two courts. It's awesome. They got the ABC quad there to, the, tonight, too. So, And boy, is Leland getting dangerous. They are they are quickly after a, a slow start. They they are becoming a dangerous. I know we're talking about Emma Mirabelli from TC Christian, but it seems like every time now uh, when Lori Glass sends in an email for Leland volleyball, it's a win, and it's a win over some pretty good competition. Yeah, you kind of knew that they were going to do that. I think had the suspicion they were going to do that because it was just such a young team that by the end of the season they were going to be a lot better than they were at the beginning. And they yeah they really started out slow. It was. They didn't win a game in their first 15 matches, I think. Yeah. They're doing well now. Yeah. James, your nomination. I'm going to throw out uh, Charlie Peterson. Ironically, I'm going to throw out Charlie Peterson out there. Uh, he he threw for 233 yards in the in the win over Kingsley. Uh, became what is believed to be the first quarterback in Traverse City St. Francis history to throw for a thousand yards in the regular season. He went way past that. He has 1,224 now. Uh, he had 16 touchdowns to just two interceptions all season, completing 62 percent of his passes. Um, that's just a weapon that St. Francis has really never had, and I think a reason why they are one of the favorites to go to the state finals. All right, let's vote. I mean, for me, this is pretty easy. It's Emma Mirabelli. If you become only the 25th student-athlete in state history to do something, I think, I think you make it. Into, I, think you're, I think you're worthy of the Get Around Hall of Fame. If you're not, our criteria is a little too stiff. Um, so I'll, I'll vote for Emma. I will also vote for Emma. Makes sense. Yeah, it's gonna be. It'll be. A, it'll be a sweep. Okay. So. The nice thing about this is, you know, once we get through the fall sports season, we all always do the. Do we still do the retroactive Hall mm-hmm. of Fame? Okay. Oh, yeah. All right. So we still do the retroactive Hall of Fame, and we can go back and look at our nominations and uh, put in some of the players that. Should have gotten in that week had it not been for an incredible performance from uh, another student athlete. Mm-hmm. That district is going to be really good because at the beginning of the season, I would have said 
T.C. Christian's going to win this district mm-hmm. in volleyball. Now, with Leland playing the way it is, that's going to be a match. All right, well, football playoffs begin this Friday, but we've had our own kind of football playoffs going on for the last couple of weeks in our football helmet mayhem. We are now into round three, the Elite Eight, uh, and did have kind of an upset right off the top, I would say. I mean, I think, I, I think a big upset. Certainly just in, in terms of size of sizes of the, of the schools, uh, Grayling, took out Traverse City West. It was close. I think it was like a final 51 to 49%, and I think there were close to 200 votes uh, on that one. But, yeah, Grayling made it out. Uh, and I don't know if that's just because they're the uh, the de facto top seed because they were the first name that was drawn out of a, a paper bowl here in the office. Uh, but they'll be going up against uh, Glen Lake, which beat Cadillac. Gaylord St. Mary continues to roll. They took out Manton, uh, and they'll be taking on Kingsley, which I think I said last week has a pretty good shot at, at coming out uh, of that bracket. But I, right now, I, I feel like Gaylord St. Mary has has a lot of momentum. They got, that red, they got the red, white, and blue. Yeah. Now on the helmet that's coming through, Grayling, just they have this sword on that helmet. That's just, they're, so they're just cutting a path through this through this nice. whole bracket. Well, the well Vikings played. are cutting a path through the whole bracket. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ransacking it. <laughs> wow. All right, boys. Uh, Benzie Central won the Battle of the Centrals. They beat Central Lake, so they're <laughs> moving on, and they'll take on Traverse City St. Francis, which beat Bear Lake. TC Central uh, took out Manistee, and Gaylord beat Bel Air. So those uh, matchups again, Grayler, Grayling versus Glen Lake, Gaylord St. Mary versus Kingsley, Benzie Central versus Traverse City St. Francis, and TC Central against Gaylord. So you've got a pretty good shot if your school begins with the letter G because you've got Grayling, Glen Lake, Gaylord St. Mary, and Gaylord. Yeah, all the G schools that we have in the bracket are still alive, all four of them. I don't, there's nobody else. Yeah, yeah you're there's right. No, there's no other teams that start with G. So What, what is it about the letter G? I don't know. It's just a G thing. Is it? No, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> we did it last week. We'll, we'll do it again. Final four. I'll make my prediction right now. I am going to go... I think I might go back on my word, and but I'm going to go Glen Lake, Gaylord St. Mary, T.C. St. Francis, and T.C. Central. I'm gonna. I, I like Grayling. I think I think I think Grayling is going to pull that one out. The, the, it seems like their their social media presence. You know, Eric Tunney's tweeting. He's retweeting it like on his own account and the the football account. Yeah. And everything. So he's he's riling up the troops for this. So I, I think Grayling could pull this one out. Um, Gaylord St. Mary, I think, with that the red, white, and blue American flag thing on the Same going thing. down the middle, that's it's pretty sweet. A lot of people are going to vote for that. Same thing with Gaylord. Yeah, I wouldn't they're, be they're shocked. New helmets. I wouldn't be shocked. It, that is a pretty sweet design. Um, I mean, just as far as like what looks cooler. I mean, TC Central's is like the old Trojan logo that's been around for seventy years. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's cool, but Gaylord's is new. Yeah. And, and some people, I think, will, will vote for that. So it'll, be, it'll just be interesting there. St. Francis against Benzie. I don't know. Benzie's new helmets are pretty cool. Did you see the, the one that somebody sent us? Yeah. It was like the, red. The new, yeah. Yeah, I've always loved yes. their logo. It's just really cool. Yeah. It's just the husky with the BC. The BC is it, inlaid in there. It's just yeah. it's perfect. I'm going to go... Squeaky chair over there. Yeah. Grayling over Kingsley. 
and St. Francis over Gaylord. Grayling over Kingsley? Grayling over yeah. Kingsley. Oh, he's already going ahead. Oh, yeah, you're, ahead. You're, you're going into the he's championship? He's skipping ahead. You're, yeah, you're going into the championship? I, your final he, four, he already, buddy. He already went in the time machine. Your final four. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm supposed to pick. Uh-huh. Gray, Grayling, Kingsley. Okay. St. Francis. And Gaylord. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to put all of these up. They'll be up uh, before you hear this podcast. They'll be up now. You can go vote right now. Uh, on these these matchups, uh, we'll put them out. Squeaky Chair McGee over there. My goodness, I don't know if you guys can hear it on the podcast. Oh, you just said Squeaky Chair, James? Huh? You just said Squeaky Chair. That's I'm not as bad as mine. No, not nearly as bad as, as yours. It would uh, be funny if we had an all Gaylord matchup in the finals. That would be if it was uh, Gaylord versus Gaylord St. Mary. I mean, I could see it happening for sure. Hmm? Uh, but we'll find out next week when we uh, well, we'll find out Friday. Uh, but we'll be talking about this next week when the final four is actually set. So make sure you go to our Twitter account uh, at TCRE Sports and check out the polls there. They will be up uh, on Monday, so they're up right now for you to vote. And then they'll be retweeted several times throughout the week. And yeah, share, retweet, like, all that good stuff. Uh, I, I want to see this become uh, a, a pretty good bat- battle here down uh, at the end. So. All right, that is going to wrap up episode 194 of the Get Around podcast. I have been your host, Brendan Queeley, and in the studio with me this week, of course, Andrew Rosenthal and James Cook. Boys, anything to say before we sign off for the week? Andrew, I thought you were just going to squeak your chair one more time. No, I am trying to actively not squeak my chair right now. (laughs) I'm going to bring in some WD-40. All right, well. Remind me. Okay. I will remind you to bring in some WD-40. I think everyone... Um, if you're listening to this and have some WD-40... Mail it in. Yeah. Yeah, mail in WD-40 to the Traverse City Record Eagle offices. Uh, again, I've been your host, Brendan Queeley, James Cook, Andrew Rosenthal. Episode 194 of The Get Around is in the books. Mm-hmm.